Well, hello and welcome to the Saints Church Podcast. Today you're listening to a sermon from our Sabbath Sunday service by Pastor Brett Esslinger. Enjoy. Well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. My name is Brett. I'm the senior pastor of Saints Church. And I'm so thankful that you're here today with us. It's Sabbath Sunday. Uh, So if you're watching this live on December 26th, uh, we are taking uh, some time to rest, to recharge, to be with our family. And um, thank you so much for making the house of God a priority today. We're going to study some scripture. We're going to dive in uh, together. I I really believe I have a significant yet simple word um, as we move into 2022. I mean, we know that 2020 and 2021 have not met our expectations. In fact, maybe they've been defined by disappointment. But I just want to tell you today that Jesus has a bright and a glorious future for you, that we put our hope and our trust in Jesus, not in our situation, and not certainly not uh, in our circumstance. Why don't we look here? We'll go to 1 John 3 if you have your Bible. Let's go there right now. And I'm just going to say this. You're at home, most likely. Go grab your paper Bible. Get it out. Get a pen. Get a highlighter. It can look like mine. Uh, Color it all up. Don't be afraid to make notes. Don't be afraid to write things down. Uh, How many knows that when it comes to the spiritual things in our lives, that more is uh, caught than is taught? So this is 1 John 3, verse 16. So we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, that's come on, that's Grandpa John. Speaking to his spiritual sons and daughters, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. And even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Come on, I love that. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. As we move into a brand new year, uh, what often happens is we kind of do this whole January, new year, new you kind of thing. You're, You're upset with your fitness level. You get that gym membership and for the first three weeks of January, that gym is out of control. For like two weeks after Christmas, you eliminate all sugar for your, from your diet. And by week three, you have had more sugar in the last three minutes than you have had in the last three months. I believe that as we move into a brand new year, that Jesus wants to do something significant in our lives, but not only in our lives, but in the life of our church And that he wants to do something in our collective lives. Why? Because together we are the body of Christ. Following Jesus is not an individual action. It's a team sport. That's why you see words like family and body. Each one of us is one part made up 
into this incredible, beautiful body. Even the citywide church, uh, there's a church of Edmonton, and each church is a specific part of that. Picture speaking of that, uh, coming up January 10th, we're, we're joining a citywide prayer movement with House of Prayer Edmonton and Resurgence. And on that Monday night, 7 o'clock, I want to invite you to come and gather at St. Church Glastonbury. Uh, and we're going to have a night of prayer and worship. And we're going to kick off one week of prayer across the city of Edmonton, where each night at a different church, we're going to gather to pray. Would you come and make it a priority to be in the house of God and to pray, to be in proximity to His presence on January 10th? Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. Uh, I want us to jump over to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, we're going to go back uh, to the words of the psalmist, uh, and maybe you find peace or you find solace. You, you know, you love the book of Psalms. It's just so poetic. It also just spits straight fire in straight truth uh, for all of us. And in Psalm 34.3, I'm first going to read it in the New Living Translation. Then we'll jump over to the New King James Version, and we'll just kind of unpack some of the original language. This was written, the original writer wrote it in Hebrew, and so we can, we can get a little bit more. I'm just going to start uh, Psalm 34, verse 1. It says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Come on, that's an incredible default setting. I will praise the Lord at all times. Not sometimes. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises, meaning that the content that comes out of my heart is not complaint based. It's prayer based. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name forever. Now, the writing of this psalm. Okay, David is pouring out his praise be on my lips. I will constantly speak his praises. He starts talking about his heart posture. Your heart posture has a lot to do with what your body and your mind and your soul and your spirit, how we act and how we behave. The posture of our heart dictates uh, every area of our life. The book of Proverbs says, uh, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course or the direction of your life. David's heart posture here is one of praise. I will boast only in the Lord. Come, let us tell of God's greatness. Let us exalt his name forever. Come on, that sounds like somebody's about to have a praise break. Like someone's going to stop right now and start clapping their hands and go, come on, Jesus. It sounds like he's having an amazing time. But this is the time when he pretended to be insane. He was on the run. Saul was chasing him down, was going to murder him. His father-in-law is going to murder him. His only action was to run to his enemies, the Philistines. And I don't know if you remember this moment, but Goliath, who David killed, was a Philistine. He ran to his opposing enemy and he pretended to be a crazy person in his presence. So David, acting like a crazy person, on the run, living uh, in the enemy's camp, literally in his kingdom, literally fearing for his life and his default position is, I will praise the Lord at all times in the midst of my difficulty, in the midst of my circumstance, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of me pretending to be crazy in the house of my enemy. And I'm not talking about your mother-in-laws at Christmas. 
It's my deepest desire that Jesus would permeate every part of my life, that he would be first in everything, and we're going to get to that in a moment, to such a degree that in spite of whatever my earthly circumstance is, that my heart would be overflowing with gratitude and praise and thanksgiving, and that I would verbalize and vocalize his goodness, that I wouldn't be afraid to speak of it, that while in normal circumstance, in the normal condition of my heart, the first thing that I would do is name all the things that are wrong about my situation. But when Jesus is first in my life, that he's recalibrated my heart and my mind, my perception, the way that I see things, the way that I believe things, so that every situation is a situation where Jesus is worthy to be praised. Remember, there's more that is caught than taught. The way that you handle a situation or a circumstance speaks to your kids and your grandkids and to your coworkers loudly. Louder than the words that you're saying is the spirit in which you conduct yourself. If we go back to the original language here, uh, and it's captured, uh, I love this in New King James Version. It says this in Psalm 34, 3. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Have you ever like tried to find a location uh, on Google Maps? Or you just want to see if your house is actually there. And you kind of fly by and you see your neighborhood and you zoom in and you zoom in and you zoom in and you zoom in. And, you zoom in and it's like really, really big. And you're like, oh, I can see everything. I can see all the details. And, and you look at it really, really big. That's the concept here. Oh, magnify the Lord with me that we would just zoom in and zoom in and zoom in. That Jesus is the biggest thing. That our, heart, that our eyes and that our hearts are focused on. That he is the biggest thing that we can see. In Colossians uh, 1 verse 18 it says, So he is first in everything. This word magnify, the original Hebrew language means to grow or to become great or important, to promote, to make powerful, to praise and to do great things. Think of it this way. As we enter 2022, uh, I believe it's a growing season. Come on, this is a season to grow. I don't know about you. I love to plant seeds and I love to reap a harvest. But Jesus is saying 2022 is about watering and taking care. It's a growing season. Those dreams that you've, you've planted in the ground, you've received a word from God and, and you've heard that. And there's a promise that you've got. You say, God, I'm just holding on to this promise. You take that seed and you plant it. But can I tell you, you got to put some fertilizer on it. You got to tend that ground. You got to take care of the weeds. You got to create an environment where things can grow. It's growing season and you got to water it. How do you water it? You water it with the presence of Jesus. You water it with his word. You water it with, with, with a heart full of thanksgiving and praise. To magnify Jesus, 2022 is the year to make Jesus first in everything. So he is first in everything. When we were getting married, I don't, I don't know if people still do this, on, on our program, uh, they said we had to have like a verse, like what's your life verse? I'm like, who's got a life verse? But I guess people have life verses. And 
uh, there's too many favorite verses. I feel like every time I have a message, I share a message, I'm like, this is my favorite verse. It's like, how could every verse be your favorite verse? Because God spoke it. Um, Matthew 6.33 was our life verse, okay? It's on the front page of our wedding program. And, and I have to say, uh, I like to think that we live it, but it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Meaning, Jesus is magnified in our lives. He is first in our lives. In our marriage, he's first. He's first. In our family, he's first. In my job, now, this is my job, but he's first. In every facet of my life, it's my goal, particularly for this year, that he would be magnified, that we would zoom in on him to an even greater degree, that he is all that I can see. His name is Jesus. He created this world. He created you. He wants to have a relationship with you. I wonder what might happen in our lives if he was first in everything. I mean, we think about, uh, there's this young man, he comes to Jesus. He's, in, in the Bible, it's called the rich young ruler. He's, we just know that he's got a lot of cash. And he comes to Jesus, he's got a lot of swagger and he's got a lot of ego. He says, listen, I'm ba- basically I'm perfect. I've done everything, I've kept every law. I'm legit. I'm a legend. I got the cash. I got the bank account. I got the cars. I've got the lifestyle. I'm everything that you would dream of, Jesus. How do I follow you? How do I go to the next level, good teacher? And Jesus goes, listen, just sell everything then. And he goes, no. Why? Because he magnified his lifestyle. His lifestyle, his good things were greater than the good things of Jesus. We contrast that with this widow who's coming uh, to the tabernacle to give her offering and she's got this small coin. It's called a, a mite. It, it, it's worth so little. And Jesus and his disciples it's, are at this gate. It's called the woman's gate. And they're, they're there and they're watching. And Jesus goes, guys, 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 stop. Stop talking. Look at this. And she goes, and she puts this in and what? Jesus knew, but maybe not everybody else knew, was she gave everything. It wasn't the size of the gift. It was the heart. It was the intent. Why? Because she was magnifying the Lord with all that she has. She said, come on, let's exalt his name together. Jesus spoke more about money and giving he did about heaven or hell. Why? Because he's talking about our heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart shall be also. We give or we invest in the things that we love or that we value. In 2022, may Jesus be first in everything. It's a growing season. It's a growing season. (laughs) See, our life is actually about more than what we believe. I'm doing air quotes, what we believe. (laughs) It's about how we live. We have to demonstrate 
our everyday action, when we put it, our faith into action, something happens. The way that we behave, the way that we talk, the way that we worship, the way that everything happens in our lives um, happens and it comes out of somewhere. So when my heart is transformed uh, by Jesus, my life, my reflection, uh, sorry, my life and my choices are a reflection of him. So I guess the question that we have to ask ourselves today is, does our everyday life look like Jesus? You just got in that argument with that crazy aunt and she just told somebody that she got in an argument with her crazy niece. So we don't know who's crazy. But you're going, man, I just got so angry. My question is, Who's bigger in this situation? Jesus or your idea that you have to be right? Are you coming with love and mercy and grace? And listen, we all get fired up. I guess my second question is, have you forgiven her? Are you ready to forgive? May our lives look like Jesus. Otherwise... We hold to a set of principles that have no direct impact or bearing on our everyday lives, which means you've made the Bible an idol. Our lives are an outward testimony of what's going on in our hearts. Let's jump over uh, to Exodus 20. Nine. Wow, we're going back to Exodus. Come on, we're going back to Egypt. Somebody? No, we. They just broke free. Okay, Exodus twenty-nine. And I, I really, I want to speak about the things that we're passing down. And we can just. This is a small portion of scripture, but God made a really big deal in establishing the temple, the tabernacle, establishing all these. Uh, this pathway to worship. He made a really big deal about this. And he made a really big deal about Aaron's clothing. Aaron was the high priest because they understood that those sacred garments uh, weren't just for Aaron. It says this in Exodus 29, 29, Aaron's sacred garments must be preserved for his descendants who succeed him and they will wear them when they are anointed and ordained. There's a real high, uh, Emphasis placed on these garments. The descendant who succeeds him, verse 30, uh, as high priest will wear these clothes for seven days as he ministers in the tabernacle, the holy place. So they put a big emphasis on quality of garment because it was going to be passed down from generation to generation. Now, here's what we learn in the New Testament is that we're a royal priesthood. So while we might not be passing down clothes or garments or an outfit or an ephod or, or these other kind of elements that were present uh, in, the, in the tabernacle of Moses, what we do know is that what we put on today will be worn by the next generation. So I'm talking to you, mom and dad. I'm talking to you, grandma and grandpa. Whatever you put on today will be passed on to the next generation. What are you passing on? Come on, the way that they hear you handle that, that difficulty and that loss, that's going to pass on. They're going to put on the garment of murmuring and complaint. Come on, the way that you handle, the way that you handle yourself in church when you sing and you lift your hands and you rejoice and you shout and you praise 
and you clap, they go, come on, there's something about this place that they're not going to do that anywhere else, but they put on a garment of praise. They exchange it for a spirit of heaviness. Come on, what, what you are wearing today is being passed on to the next generation. The way that you handle that setback, they see it. They're going to put it on for themselves. When you look at your son or your daughter, your grandson or that, your, your, your niece or your nephew, and, and you see, man, they just look so defeated all the time. I guess maybe you should ask a question. Am I that defeated all the time? Come on, what you pass on matters and you pass on what they can see. What those actions are that your love is being manifest in real life. More is caught than taught. That's why Timothy, uh, Paul writing to Timothy implores that the men of the church would be men who would lift up holy hands. Why? Because your teenager doesn't know how to worship because dad, you refuse to lift your hands and sing. The pastor gets up and goes, come on, let's lift up our hands. And they look over at you and you go, "Mm mm-mm. Now you shout your face off when the Oilers score and Connor McDavid score. So don't tell me I'm not emotional. Don't tell me you don't know how to respond. You're watching F1 racing and Max Verstappen overtakes Lewis Hamilton in the most crushing defeat of all time. And you're shouting at the TV about the stewards and the decision that they make and you're freaking out about it. And you just turn to your son and your daughter and say, yeah, but you know what? I'm in church. I'm not emotional. No, dad, you're only emotional about the things that you care about. Come on, what are we passing down? In 2022, I wonder what might happen if we start watering the good things. We start planting the seeds and watering the good things. My friends, it's growing season. It's growing season. I'm committed to growing. What, am I, what areas am I committed to growing in? Come on, it's really simple. I'm committed to growing in the word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's like honey to my soul. Come on, I'm committed to the word. I wonder what my life might look like if I took the next 31 days, the 31 days of January, and I said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and you're going to start every day in the word. I can remember waking up, walking upstairs. My bedroom is in the basement, and I would see in different rooms of the house my mom and my dad kneeling down at a couch or somewhere else, They had their Bible out and they're reading the word. What did that tell me? More was caught than taught. That when I start my day, I start it in the presence of Jesus. And that this Bible that we go and hear about on Sunday, it matters on Monday. It's growing season. I'm going to grow in the word. And I'm going to be disciplined in seeking his face every day. I learn not only do, is it important to read the word, it's important to start my day speaking to the creator of the universe, being in his presence. You know, my, my boys run into our room sometimes in the morning, and by sometimes I mean all the time. And let's be honest, they get up way earlier than is even, it's not natural. It's not okay. And they come running in. And the other day I heard my son say, oh no, dad's just on his phone. And I said, hey, come back in here. I'm not just on my phone. And I turned it and I showed him my Bible reading plan. I said, see the, all these highlights and all these colors? I'm reading the Bible. I, I read the Bible every day. This is how I start my day. Everett got an old iPhone from one of the grandparents. I mean, hashtag grandparents, am I right? And you know what's really cool? 
he uses my Apple ID, which is not cool. But because I can see he's using my Version Bible account, he started his own Bible reading plan. Because more is caught than taught. Every night I go in to pray with my boys. And it's so funny, the things that you think that they don't notice. And we were in a hurry the other night, it was late. And I broke the routine, I was going to walk out without praying. And Kingston called me back to his room. He said, Dad, you got to pray for me. Right. I got to pray for you. I want to grow in declaring the good things of God over my sons and over my family and over my church. May it be said of me that praises were always on my lips, that I was constantly magnifying the Lord in every situation, even to the point where it's annoying to somebody. Could you just stop focusing on the good things of Jesus for a moment? Ma'am, sir, I cannot stop because these rocks are going to cry out if I don't magnify Jesus, make him large and in charge of this thing, of this struggle, of this problem. I know that Jesus makes a way where there is no way. And yes, I have every reason and every right to be angry and frustrated and to take my anger out on somebody. But today, today, I know that more is caught than taught. I want you to have a question about me. I want the question to be, why is this person different than I am? It's because I have found the hope and life that's only available through Jesus. And he changes me. He's changing me. And I hope that he's changing you. Could we do this for the next 31 days? In our emails, you're going to find a link to a Bible reading plan. Would you join it? You can do it right on your phone every day. Would you commit to starting your day for the next 31 days in the Bible? Would you also commit to starting to pray? Start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to him. You might not know all what to say. Just just start, but remember to leave room to listen. Could you try this? I think there's five Sundays in January. Would you say, As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Would you be at church every Sunday for the next five Sundays? Would you say, hey, the first fruit of my year, the very beginning, I'm investing it all into the house. And it won't be a question for your sons or your daughters whether it's time to come. You say, we're all going. Even if it's a fight, even if it's a struggle, my friends, it's worth the fight. Why? Because you don't know what Sunday that Jesus is going to touch your son or your daughter. You don't know what the message is going to be. You don't know who the preacher is going to be. You don't know what the song is going to be. All that I know is that when I get in proximity to the presence of Jesus, that anything is possible. Would you say, we're going to commit I'm going to say this, if you have youth-aged kids, would you commit to every Friday that there's youth? You're going to go to youth. It's not a question. Hey, every opportunity there is for us to be in the house of God, we're going to be there. If there's an opportunity to pray, we're going to be there. Why? Because if it's a priority to you, it'll pass on as a priority to them. If the house of God is optional to you, don't be surprised if God is optional to them.
in the future. Come on. It's a growing season. Just turn to somebody and say, it's a growing season. Maybe you're watching this today and you don't know Jesus. You don't know anything about him. But I want to just let you know that there's hope in Jesus and that he wants to change you and transform you from the inside out, that anything is possible with Jesus, that you don't know any love like you until you've been loved by Jesus. You don't know what it is to find family until you've been a part of the family of God. My friends, can I tell you that Jesus has a great plan and a purpose for your life. So if you're here today and you say, I want to invite Jesus into my life, get your phone out right now. Text the word Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 587 400 You can make the best decision that you could ever make. And here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray together, okay? We're going to pray together. And this is the first day of the rest of your life. The best decision that you could ever make is you hold the hand of the one who holds the world. His name is Jesus. Let's invite Jesus into our lives today. Come on, let's pray together. Just repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, I need you. Now more than ever, so I give you everything. My wins, my losses, my sins, my successes. They're all yours. From this moment forward, I'm following you. One step at a time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the Saints Church Podcast. We hope that this sermon blessed and encouraged you. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can head to saintschurch.ca and there you'll find more information about who we are as well as service times, locations, and more online content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.